1: You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, and each and every week we bring you content that we hope just encar- encourages you guys to get out and do more, try something more, try something you haven't done before, do go a little further, hunt a little longer, something along those lines. My name is Walt, and normally I'm joined by Chase, my co host, but he's on a quota hunt right now. And I just got off of a four day hunt here with Adam Cruz. Had an absolute ball of a time with that. I mean, just we're going to get into that at some point in the near future, and we're going to talk about what happened because it, this has to go down in history as the best three, four days of hunting. I have ever had in the turkey woods, hands down, bar none. So we'll get to that in a more group setting. I'm not going to take the time to do a monologue for that because I just, I, I hate monologues that still have to tell a story. I just don't think it's something you can do unless that other person, you know, you had some other person there or someone asking questions that, you know, isn't privy to it as it's unfolding. And so, what we're going to do today is I realized a couple things along the way, uh, along those four days of hunting that I feel like I want to share with you guys, and, and I know that turkey season isn't even kicking off in a lot of states, Georgia, uh, Alabama hasn't even kicked off yet, or probably will by the time we drop this episode, but there's a lot of states where turkey season hasn't kicked off, or you still have plenty of time left in turkey season, and these things should hopefully apply to you, and so or at least may help you, we'll see. Uh, Before we do that, I want to thank some of the people who make this show possible. First and foremost, our Patreon members. These are people who pledge monthly to financially support the show. We've got hats. We've got stickers. We've got uh, t-shirt discounts on the website. You get discounts on the website. You can get added to our Marco Polo group, our Discord uh, Digital Hunt Camp, which is an absolute blast. We've assembled a a group of guys over there who have got more to to give than they ask for from just a wide array of of backgrounds, whether it's, you know, building custom rifles or tuning your bow or making turkey calls or all kinds of stuff like that. You know, I've got something in that group for each and every one of you, and I'm glad to connect you with those individuals. So if you're interested in supporting the show, you want to see us travel more, you want to see production of YouTube channel grow, which, uh, we've got turkey content on the way for you guys. I know YouTube has kind of been lacking here, but we're, we're back on the, the wheels are back on, uh, Track there, and we should be bringing you some YouTube content. I'd also like to say thanks to Spartan Forge. We're working with Spartan Forge yet again this year, and mapping doesn't get all of the love in turkey season that I feel like it should, largely because I feel like it's just culturally something we don't focus on. However, With the maps and the software that Spartan Forge currently has, the improvements that are coming down the pipe, I really don't see why people don't use it more. There's just such an advantage to being able to go through the different map styles and see the different uh, types of trees, the habitat changes, the the cuts, the clean burns. You know, they've got some of the best maps I've ever seen in a hunting app, and there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipe. Obviously, the wind features, which are crazy for that app. I mean, ridiculously, the weather predictions for this app are unbelievable real while the wind doesn't play a factor into turkey hunting uh, definitely having reliable weather data is as well and so uh, between the maps the weather data the journaling feature Spartan Forge is a remarkable value I can't recommend it enough I use it every single day and soon I, I just I think most people will so check them out Spartanforge.com or actually Spartanforge.ai. But you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that, you know, social media, Spartan Forge. And uh, use the promo code CHASINGTAILS, T-A-L-E-S, all caps, all lowercase, and you can get 25% off of your subscription now the price is going to be going up at some point this year but you can lock it in right now for life at a discount so uh, jump on there sign up use the promo code that way they know uh, that we sent you if you've got any questions if you want to see some content related how to use the app i've got a, a hunt actually coming out uh, this is a project i'm working on the side Uh we're going to do a breakdown of the hunt where I got on deer, got on a couple bucks on a short three-day quota hunt, um, and only was able to do so because of that app and the ability to swap through the different layers, see the change in the trees, and identify an area deep in a swamp that was wildly, wildly popular for the whitetail to get away from all the pressure. So with all of that said, let's get to the, to the episode. So a uh, little backstory here. My buddy Adam Cruz, dear, dear friend of mine, uh, avid turkey hunter, um, hadn't gone out of state and killed a turkey. He is a fanatical Tennessee turkey hunter, and you get three tags or three or four tags. I think it's three uh, in that state, and so he really didn't have much of a need to leave, and so he came down for the opener, and the weather, as always with this podcast, was terrible for a hunt. I I don't know what it is about planning a hunt and getting absolute garbage weather, but if I put something on the books, you can go ahead and... And, and just consider it done, that the weather is going to be absolute garbage. And sure enough, he gets here, it's supposed to be sunny, we get three inches of rain, the river floods like three or four feet. All of my turkey spots, all my low-lying turkey spots, whether it's down in the river bottom, uh, up in the pines, down in the swamps, they are just flooded to just all, it's unreal. It started raining Friday morning and it rained all the way through, like pretty much all through sun- Saturday as well. So we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, and then he had to leave, and I had Monday and Tuesday off. And we decided to take the casual approach, get up and go have breakfast Saturday morning, go to the Waffle House, because where else do you start a turkey hunting adventure? I mean, come on. So we get to the Waffle House, we're strategizing, we're talking about all these different things, and the way that the weather was coming was in bands, uh, almost like a hurricane. It wasn't, obviously, but almost like a hurricane, where you have a band of rain come over, and then you have a lull, and then a band of rain. And so our approach this entire time was going to be band of rain, hunt hard, band of rain, hunt hard. And that's what we did. Well, one of the things that I've learned, we're going to cover three things today, is uh, some things that Adam taught me. Um, it, you, you, you find a calling style. We've talked about it before. The Turkey Tech app by Scott Ellis is remarkable for tuning your ear because as you're calling the tune, uh, the tone, it's, I should say, should, can change over time. And it's always important just to kind of train your ear up. Make sure, make sure you're as you're supposed to be, sounding the way you're supposed to be. Um, I had a calling style that was wildly successful for me on my birds, and they weren't responding, and Adam started talking, and he he started calling at a way that was a little bit higher pitched, and suddenly we started getting, we, we elicited very strong reactions from birds. Obviously, we ended up killing uh, three in four days, which is just unreal. Can't emphasize that enough, but So, lesson number one, learn new calling styles. You may have a a skill set or a playbook that you have acquired that you feel like is very efficient. And I feel like I got a little bit lazy, uh, over the course of the last year in trying to develop my mouth calls, um, trying to develop a, 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 a broad playbook because I had a run it up the middle that worked every time. I wasn't worried about a toss sweep. I wasn't worried about a, you know, a flea flick or any of that stuff. And so, Um, I immediately felt myself getting frustrated when the birds weren't talking and Adam had a playbook that went beyond what I had and and when when he left and I got on my birds by myself I was able to employ a lot of what he learned to get birds fired up this is the first time in my life that I was able to 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 elicit a bird that was sort of interested into being very very vocal and being very very interested in me and it's largely in fact the that I was paying attention to other hunters and the reactions they were getting from turkeys using their calls. So get that Turkey Tech app, listen to all the different options that are on there, but also when you're hunting with with other guys, if, if you're not getting a response, or just if the other person is getting a response, whether you are as well or not, Listen to what that person's doing, What is how it's different, maybe different from what you're doing, and try and apply it the next time you go into the woods. Because honestly, I don't know that I would have killed my two turkeys had Adam not shown me how he used his calls, and I applied it myself. So, point number two, persistence. The number that should stick in the back of your head is 20.5. In the span of four days, we walked, I walked, Adam uh, left uh, before the hunt was over, but my hunting was over, I should say. 20.5 miles were walked. Now, the important, to, the important component to this to remember is we barely hunted Saturday, and I didn't hunt past 10 a.m. on Tuesday. So the vast majority of those miles were put on Sunday and Monday. They were spent scouting new areas. They were spent walking through traditional areas that had birds. I put miles on. I'm not a very good turkey hunter. I tell people this all the time. I feel like I got exceptionally lucky every time that I killed birds going back to the 5th. It doesn't mean I'm not... Confident in the moment—that's important. It just means I don't know that uh, if you, t- you bet me a hundred dollars, could I do it again, like in the same scenario? I don't know that I would take that money. I feel like there's a degree of confidence that you have to take into those moments so that you can execute what you need to properly. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're uh, an old turkey pro. And so I'm definitely not that. I'm only on year three of turkey hunting, and. I have got so much more to learn. There there are so many people who have forgotten more than I've even stumbled upon. But I feel like the reason why I killed those birds was because I was persistent and I stayed in the woods. There were multiple times that I had to talk myself. I'm being honest and transparent with you guys. There were multiple times that I had to talk myself out of quitting. Out of going home and just go to new spots. And so when I got frustrated with the way the birds weren't talking and and it was very hard from Saturday through um, Monday evening, we heard one got one bird gobble. And that was it starts to kind of eat at you a little bit when you can't have that that exchange that you're looking for. Killing a bird isn't necessarily what's important, but hearing that exchange and, and being able to play the dance, it, it matters a lot. And. Uh, there were multiple times where I had to keep reminding myself, this is just a game of numbers. This is just a game of time. You need to find a bird that wants to play the game. And that persistence paid off because the evening that I killed my bird, I was thinking about staying at home, and I went out and I killed the bird. And the morning that I killed my my second bird and tagged out in Florida, I had scouted that place the day before, and I was very familiar with the terrain. And, and if I hadn't had that familiarity with the terrain, I don't think I would have got that bird. I'm just being honest with you guys. And so the persistence that pays off isn't necessarily in it that it eventually yields a success so much as it plays into other components like woodsmanship. Um, Adam, when we killed his bird, he he literally looked at me and said, dude, woodsmanship killed that bird. If you hadn't known how to get to that bird as quietly and quickly because of familiarity with the area, I'm not certain we killed that bird. And that may or may not be true. We still may have killed that bird. What is true is we definitely killed that bird because I knew about a deer path that would take us down to that bird in the security of cover and would do so uh, quietly. So I, I think this is a situation where persistence pays off in a variety of ways. It's going to lead to a familiarity with the area that matters. That area that, that I killed my second bird in, I was able to go back to, use the topography to hear the bird, use the, the topography uh, to get around on that bird after he got away from me the first time. And so uh, I, I think it's I think it's very important that that you stay persistent. Killing birds is all about being in the woods when one wants to be fired up, and that is all about the randomness of a turkey. I love turkey hunting because it's so random. You know, we, we play this game in our head with with deer hunting. It's like, you can't kill him from the couch. You can't kill him from the couch. How many times have you said that to someone or someone said it to you? I mean, realistically, all the time. In reality, there are situations where the opportunity to kill a deer are remarkably low. And you're just doing that because simply the fact remains, you can't kill him from the couch. So if you're out there, your odds go up, whether it's or 100% because it's the best time of day to be out there, the game of chance with deer is different than turkey. With turkey, they are active when we are active. We get the full gamut of the day, and we can rely on the fact that turkeys are doing turkey things the entirety of the day. Turkeys also are so random that... Not only is it possible that at any point in time one wants to play the game, it's entirely possible that when you go out there and you spend a day in the woods, you're going to stumble across one that wants to play the game because they are so random. They shouldn't, they shouldn't fly back down from the roost after having flown up for the evening and come in, but they will. They shouldn't come across an open field or an open burn several hundred yards because they can see you and the name of the game is that the hen goes to the gobbler. But we acknowledge the randomness of a turkey in the way that chaos occurs. It's it's basically chaos theory. If you you want a good rabbit hole, go down that. I'm not going to butcher the idea of chaos theory. But the idea is that anything is possible largely because of the, the chaos that a turkey brings to the table. They are not predictable until they're predictable. And then again, they're not even then. And so if you have an opportunity to be in the woods, it truly is a matter of time. Before you stumble upon a turkey that wants to play the game. So I encourage you to stay persistent. Stay outside. If you take three days off, don't let self-doubt creep in. Stay persistent. Take breaks. Stay hydrated, stay full, take naps if you have to, but stay in the woods because the moment you leave the woods, it's going to be very much harder to get back into the woods. I know this from first-hand experience, and that's what I did was I just kept bouncing from spot to spot. And I was like, I'm going to give it another hour, and I'm going to go hit this random spot, and eventually I found two birds who were ready to die, and it worked. Okay, so this is a big one, and it is one that I recognize is a little difficult because it requires an opportunity to present itself, but I want you to be prepared for when that opportunity presents itself, you are ready. So number three, and this is my final point, I promise, listen to how turkeys talk. Now, I know that sounds so ridiculously stupid, right? Why wouldn't you? But how many times have you heard a hen talking and a gobbler's coming? And in that time period, you spent more time focusing on the gobbler, not the hen. That gobbler's with that hen for a reason. She's making vocalizations that she thinks is going to respond, get elicit a response from that gobbler. The first morning of the hunt, Adam and I got on a hen who was very fired up. And she came in from well over 100 yards away, all the way to 10 steps. And the whole time, she put on a clinic. A calling clinic, and the sounds that came out of that turkey, many of which I never would have thought about making with my mouth. And it, wor- it, it was remarkable how consistent she was and how adamant she was in using those calls. And one of the things that kind of ties this into part into part one, learn new style calls of styling, she was making noises, some of which were very similar to what I saw Adam doing. And so there, you know, there's your ability to learn new calling styles. But pay attention to hens. If you get an opportunity to sit in the woods and just listen to hens, don't be frustrated. I've done this before, and I'm sure someone else has. I'll be like, "Oh, it's just a hen," and then you know you go about your business. Or maybe you you see it's a hen and she's talking, and you're like, "Any second now, he's gonna step out behind her." Don't overlook that opportunity because if a if a tom does step out behind her, he's stepping out behind her because of the noises that she's making. I'm going to publish a YouTube video here shortly. It's going to be, you know, the first part is going to be a vlog that takes you along with the hunt. And then we're going to do a dedicated video just to that. I think it's about a 17-minute video where you can hear her just talking and talking and talking in full HD. I caught it on a very good mic, and it sounds amazing. So we're going to do a video on that so that you can play that over and over and over again and listen because it is packed full of invaluable turkey knowledge. I don't know what she's saying. By and large, no one really does. But I know that that's how a turkey communicates. And when I killed my second bird, I was making noises that I heard her use. And I'm convinced she was using trying to locate and elicit a response from another bird. She, you know, After this this torrential storm, all the birds were broken up. They were scattered all over the place. And I think it's a situation where she was making vocalizations trying to find the rest of the birds and she and her eagerness she was either angry or she was desperate to find company and so I used a lot of what I heard to kill that bird and pull him across a burn that I don't necessarily think he should have actually came that distance and so um, just be cognizant there's always an opportunity to listen to turkeys especially hens jakes gobblers really dive in when you have those moments where you can't kill something Look at it as a teaching moment, okay, a, a reading rainbow m- m- moment, if you will, here, learning moment. And so um, listen to all of the birds, learn new call styles, stay persis- persistent in the turkey woods, and I am convinced that those three things can help you become a better turkey hunter, become uh, an old pro turkey hunter perhaps as well. So with that, guys, I'm going to keep these kind of short. I try and keep them under 20 minutes because it's just me talking and I don't want to bore you guys to death. And I know that's a little bit on the short side of things. So we will try and make up with a little bit of a longer group episode with me and Chase. we got a lot of stuff to uh, unpack. Let's see. Five birds in the first five days have died at the hands of Chasing Tails calls or triggers. So um, I'm pretty excited right now as I record this. So Do me one solid. So do me one solid get outside, enjoy the great outdoors, be passionate about turkey hunting or whatever it is that's important to you, pour yourself into it, be a student of the game if you have time or if you know somebody who has an iPhone, leave us a rating or review, that way we pop up the scale the the charts and people can find us and they can find these helpful, uh, hopefully helpful tidbits and consider joining Patreon, that money goes right into travel costs into production costs, we've upgraded our camera gear to where we can be uh, filming in 4K for you guys, I'm really excited about that, we should be capturing everything whether we're solo filming or not Um, it's always a learning curve but that money's going into those kinds of content for you guys and we've got a lot of really really fun stuff coming down the pipe so until next time y'all get outside and enjoy the great outdoors i'm will cooper and you're listening to hunt stands make your mark podcast on the waypoint podcast network stick around as i bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life